You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello, and welcome to 152 Pounds of the Soul Forge Podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey, everybody, it's Sean and Julie here with a very exciting episode of Soul Forge. How are you, Julie? I'm good, thank you. You're welcome. You're really good? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I'm all right. All right. How are you doing with the whole uh, lockdown? Uh, it's getting to me, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Going a little bit crazy? Yeah. It's, it's been going on for... Uh, cabin fever. Cabin fever. Yeah. About two months now. Too long. Two months too long? Yes. Yeah. But overall, your mental health is okay? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah, I think you're okay. I think I'm okay. I'm still working, though. You've been off with the child. Yeah. Too Do- long. Doing the homework. Mm-hmm. The homeschooling, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you're doing it. You're surviving. I'd never be a teacher, but... At least you know now. Oh, yeah. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're here to talk about, is it? Nope. No. As our listeners can tell by the title of the episode, we're here to talk about various weight loss surgeries. And why are we doing that? Would you say you're an expert? No, I'm not an expert. You're not an expert. No. But, but you've recently undergone a procedure, which we'll get to in a moment. Yes. Uh, but first of all, I thought what we would do is um, normally don't do a lot of research here on Soulforge podcast, but I thought for this one, because we're here to perhaps give advice or an opinion, uh, we should we should do some research and give some information on what the heck this actually is. So, gastric bypass surgery. I've got a whole definition for you here. It refers to a surgical process in which the stomach is divided into a small upper pouch and a much larger lower remnant pouch, and then the small intestine is rearranged to connect to both. Surgeons have developed several different ways to reconnect the intestine, thus leading to several different gastric bypass procedures. I guess the most famous one is probably what they call the Rouen-Y. No. No? No. Uh, well, here in Canada is actually the Rouen Y, but down in the States, it's actually the gastric sleeve. That's the most common one. Uh-huh. They've done a lot of research on the Rouen Y, but not too much on the sleeve. Ah, uh, okay. Gastric sleeve. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, according to Wikipedia and whatnot, the Rouen Y laparoscopic gastric bypass, first performed in 1993, is regarded as one of the most difficult procedures to perform by limited access techniques. But use of this method has greatly popularized the operation due to associated benefits such as a shortened hospital stay, reduced discomfort, shorter recovery time, less scarring, and minimal risk of incisional hernia. 
Mm -hmm. They don't uh, actually open you up anymore. They do it laparoscopy. Mm -hmm. So you have like five incision holes that they can, that they access the stomach. And they go in with their little tools tools. and their tubes and their things. Yes, yes. But the gastric bypass or the Rouen Y is actually, they actually like, um, they basically take out your stomach and they bypass it to your small intestine. So they take the stomach right out. I believe so. They leave it like, and then they make a little tiny pouch, which is like, I can't remember the size of it, but let's say like of a, of a golf ball, that's your stomach. As opposed to the gastric sleeve, they actually leave your stomach there, but they actually cut it like a, a banana. Yeah, that's what the yeah. definition here says. Yeah, it's uh, like a banana, so... So um, sleeve gastro... Uh, it's hard to say. Gastrectomy is a surgical weight loss procedure in which the stomach is reduced to about 15% of its original size by surgical removal of a large portion of the stomach along the greater curvature. The result is a sleeve or tube-like structure. The procedure permanently reduces the size of the stomach, although there could be some dilation of the stomach later on in life. The procedure is generally performed lap... lap? Laparoscopy. Yes, and it's irreversible. Yeah, but it's, it's irreversible, but you can always stretch back your stomach. Like, if you um, overeat, mm-hmm. you can always stretch back your stomach. That's why a lot of, well, some people that have um, the weight loss surgery end up getting back all their weight. Right. And some. That, that's uh, a common right? common effect, isn't it? Yeah, because before you go in, you got to be prepared mentally as well to um, to change your whole lifestyle. The way that you live your life, the, the way, way of thinking, how you eat, how you exercise. Basically how you eat, because that's a big mental um, mental thing you need to deal with. It's kind of a hurdle. Yes, because to me... That's how the person got that way in the first place, because yeah. of bad habits or whatnot? Uh, some of them it's actually um, could be medical reasons. Right, like thyroids and yeah. other things. Yeah, but be honest, we overeat and we gain weight. That's generally what occurs. Yeah. So some people actually call this a cheat diet. Right, because you're not actually exercising. Yeah, you're getting a free spin, right? It's not true. Until you go through with it and you're living it. I thought about it too before because I had a friend go for it. And and then I was like, oh, just like easy uh, way out, right? Right. But it's really not easy once you get the surgery. Okay. Well, why don't we go into that in a moment? We'll just play a quick promo for another podcast here on the ESO Network, and then we'll be right back. Hey, weird podcast people. Join us every week on the Flopcast for a half hour or so of silly conversation about comics, music, Saturday morning cartoons, old movies and TV shows, and chickens. It'll be our little secret. Find us at flopcast.net and on the ESO Network. Okay, so that was a great promo for that podcast. Hope you all check it out. Uh, Before we get into your personal stuff, uh, just one more quick thing to read is uh, the operation is prescribed to treat morbid obesity defined as a body body mass index greater than 40 or type 2 diabetes, hypertension, sleep apnea, and other comorbid conditions. Bariatric surgery is the term encompassing all of the surgical treatments for morbid obesity, not just gastric bypasses, which make up only one class of such operations. The resulting weight loss, typically dramatic, markedly reduces comorbidities. The long-term mortality rate of gastric bypass patients has been shown to be reduced by up to 40%. As with all surgery, complications may occur, 
in a study from 2005 and 6 revealed that 15% of patients experience complications as a result of gastric bypass and 0.5% of patients died within six months of surgery due to complications. Mm-hmm. That was my big one when uh, the surgeon actually came to talk to me before the surgery. I said, can, I, said I, I don't want to die on the table, right? Because right? all these thoughts go through your head because you're being put to sleep and they're doing like a pretty big procedure. And he says, I promise I'll get you out. So that like relieved me. I bet it did. Yeah, because they had to give me like, an Ativan before surgery because I was so anxious. And an Ativan is just... It's uh, just a calm... An anxiety calm, pill? Yeah, it's an anti-anxiety. Because I was so nervous and all these thoughts were going through my head, right? What if I don't come out of there and... Right. You know, my daughter and stuff. Well, yeah, you had a six-year-old daughter that you yeah. could have left behind. So that's that. Okay. So you were saying about, uh, before you even thought about it, you had a friend who went through it? Yes. She went through it, but she had the um, the Rouen Y... So I was able to uh, see her when she got out of the hospital to now she's a little bit over a year post-op. Rua, why I saw her, I saw her eat and get sick a lot. After the surgery? Yeah. Nothing would ever come up like puking, but it was just like foam. Mm. Yeah. And she was always getting sick. But then again, they say, you know, when you get these surgeries, you have to chew, chew, chew. Okay. You have to chew your food very good. Because it has to be very small pieces going down. Because the stomach is gone, so the acid's not there to break it up itself. Yeah, and if you don't do that, I guarantee you, you're going to get sick or you're going to... Like, I get a clump. I call it my clump in my throat. Mm -hmm. It's not a a good feeling. But she got sick a lot. Um, And that scared me because I was like, oh my God, do I really want to go through with this? Like, I won't be able to eat normally again right 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 of course and i would see her portions and i was like you're not eating because there was hardly any food on the plate yeah so that kind of threw me off and then there's also complications with um hair loss lots of people go through the hair loss and weren't you saying that she lost a lot she did yeah she would keep it in a baggie did she go completely bald no 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 okay no but she used to have really thick hair right Mm -hmm. and i don't have thick hair my hair is thin so that was a reason why I postponed the surgery too before is the hair loss. I was so scared of that. So now that I am almost four months post-op, they say the hair loss the hair loss starts at three and four months. So every day I'm pulling on my hair to see if I'm going to be losing my hair. Because you're, you're right in the middle of that period. Yes. Right. Yes. And I'm so terrified. Like that was one of the big reasons why I didn't want to go for it. So how long before you went... For the procedure, had you thought about it? Like, how long was it on your mind for? Uh, I would say about two years. The first time I applied, I got denied because my BMI wasn't high enough. Uh, you weren't you weren't big enough? I wasn't big enough, as stupid as it sounds. I was not big enough. Well, let me tell you. You felt big? I was overweight. I was always been overweight. But my BMI wasn't at 40. Let's say it was at 37. So you had to eat more in order to get the surgery? Well, when they called me and they told me they declined me because my BMI wasn't high enough, I told the girl, I said, so you're telling me I need to eat more and gain weight. And she says, don't do that. Please don't do that. (laughs) I said, okay. But then it's always been, my whole life, it's always been a roller coaster of like losing weight, gaining, losing weight, gaining. So anyways, I got into this rut where I just kept eating. Mm. And then my BMI reached 40. I just, I just basically lived my life eating whatever I wanted. Because you were depressed that you couldn't have the surgery? 
that and just maybe unhappy with my life situation at the time. Okay, that's fair. I wasn't happy with it. And do you think being unhappy led to more eating? Well, led, because that they was your, say, you know, your coping mechanism. You're stressed. Mm-hmm. Well, the word stress is dessert, you know, right. upside down. Yeah. So, yeah, I would eat and eat and eat and eat. Just, um, just then, to uh, soothe your emotions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you've always done that ever since you were a kid? Cause, I believe so. Because you told me you, you always yeah. felt like a chubby kid. I've always been a chubby kid. Always been chubby. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Now, I haven't seen any of your yeah, I've always baby pictures or... You know, well, I, that's, would, that's true. I haven't seen any of your childhood pictures, come to think of it. Again, cool. it runs in my family, right? On my dad's side of the family, so... Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. For some background information, you had your surgery January 21st? Yeah. And and I didn't actually meet you until two weeks later. So you'd already... Yeah, that's what I was like... It made me wonder if, if you were ready to start up something new while going through the beginning stages of your recovery. Well, that was the thing, um... I was single when I had the surgery, so I was like, you know, I'll focus on myself and get myself better and deal with this surgery that I just went through. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you came along. Surprise! Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't, uh, I just didn't know, like, at first, you know, go out to the restaurant. Well, when you met me, I, I couldn't even eat, right? I was, no. I wasn't even at that stage yet. I was still on pure liquids or puree. So I right. could, we couldn't go anywhere. We we met at a Tim Hortons, mm-hmm. and you had a small coffee, and I don't even think you finished mm-hmm. it. No, and I felt so uncomfortable. My stomach was so sore just sitting there for hours. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, because we we sat there, and the time just flew by, and we yeah. talked about everything. Yeah, it was it was nice. So that was about two weeks after your surgery. Yes. Um. So for the listeners, you did not go with the Ruan Y. No. Because. Because I'm on a medication. One of the medication is anti-inflammatories. If you take anti-inflammatories, you're not allowed after the surgery. Ah. So it's a big no-no because you can have ulcers and bleeding. And you don't want that. So, and I was strong on them because Mm -hmm. of my pain. Right, because you had a car accident years before that affected your neck. Yes. So the doctor said, well, you know, instead of the Ruan Y, we can do the sleeve on you. And at some point, you'll be able to take back your... um, anti-inflammatories. Now, the specialist told me this, the surgeon told me this, and then Sudbury says, what are you talking about? You cannot take anti-inflammatories. I said, well, this is why I went with the sleeve. But which is fine because, like, I used to take Advil for headaches, right? Mm, Yeah. Now you can't take Advils anymore. Right. You're going to take cold medicine. There's Advil in there, like, um, ibuprofen. You can't take that anymore. So I had to, like, play around with some meds to see like what works for headaches and right whatnot right okay so yeah so, so you went with the sleeve yes and they, and they took about 70 percent yes of your stomach away and then all you could have was liquid yeah i was on liquid diet and you were on liquid diet what a couple weeks before the surgery yes, just so you I could slim down do, a bit i had to do two weeks of optifast okay no eating just optifast. How was that? It was hell. Oh my God, it was hell. Because you never felt full? It's not that I felt didn't feel full. It's my head that tell, told me to eat. Uh, That's the big thing about this surgery. Is right. That and, and your you've... head is telling you to eat and that you're hungry, but your stomach, you know you're full, like you're okay. But you're thinking about all these foods. And I remember going to work and seeing my clients eat and stuff like that. And I would just wish I, w- I was able to eat, right? Do you still get hungry like a normal person? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. I do get hungry. I get fuller faster, that's for sure. Like, I can't um, enjoy food like I used to. Because you um, said you, you still put the regular portion on your plate. That's a big thing with me that I have problems with is I'll put like because my regular portion and I end up wasting all the food because psychologically, psychologically you're, you're still my head is telling me you you're going to you're gonna eat, but really my stomach can't take all that food. And your body knows. And so when you've eaten too much, yes, I start. you feel um, like you have a clump in your throat. Yeah, or I start hiccuping. Mm-hmm. I'll get the hiccups. Um, then I know that I'm, that I'm full. But a lot of it um, is your mental because you're going to be make something good for supper and you're going to be, oh my God, this is going to be good. And then you go to eat. And that's not the case. It's not good. Like you just take two bites and you're like, that's it. I can't swallow anymore. Because you're, you're full. Yeah, it's crazy. But there's some days where you can be fuller quicker than others. Uh-huh. Like I had a day yesterday where I just felt like I can eat and eat and eat. Then there's other days where I have nausea and I just can't really eat but then I gotta eat because I need my protein right very important to eat your protein after the surgery that's what the other thing that you're trying to do all the time you have to get a certain amount of Of uh, protein which is so hard because they say if you don't eat your protein your weight loss is going to be slowed and you have more chances of losing your hair so at first I was really focused on protein protein protein, my 90 grams of protein a day but now lately I have been slacking um but you haven't lost any hair not yet I pray to God that I do not lose my hair. I think that's the thing you're worried about the most. Because I think I had asked you, I said, if I lose my hair, I'm going to get a wig. Yeah. I'll go buy a wig. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no. And I said, um, you could just shave your head like I am and we could match. No. <laughs> no. God, no. Not that it looks bad on you, just on me, right? Well, I've never seen you with a bald head. Well, me neither, and I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the main thing was shifting your focus of thought how you thought about food as maybe like a, a method of comfort. Mm-hmm. You can't do that anymore. You can, you can still do it, but I mean, you can't, if you were eating two, three chocolate bars before, you cannot even eat one chocolate bar now. Like I can't, I'll just take a few bites and I'm, I'm content. I'm okay. Right. But then your head's telling you that. You want more. You want more, but you're, you know, you're okay. Yeah. Like your stomach is telling you it's okay. And did you have to get any, like, psychological counseling to uh, adjust? Uh, I, actually, I actually did have to be assessed by psych because I had an eating disorder. And if you um, alarm them that you have an eating disorder, automatically your chances of getting the surgery isn't good. Right. So I thought, okay, well, I'm being honest in my questionnaires because I'm doing this, like, for good reasons. Mm-hmm. And they flagged it, of course, and everything got slowed down because of it. But mm. then they, they said that, you know... My eating disorder wasn't there anymore. Because it was from your past, like Yeah, like when the teenage years. Yeah. So um, I got the go-ahead on that and I was very happy. But again, don't tell me that people that are weighing four, five, six hundred pounds and up, that they don't have an eating disorder. They're overeating. They are binge eating. Mm -hmm. It happens. Okay. And you were not nearly that big. No. I had maximum a hundred pounds to lose. And so let's go back to people thinking that it's cheating because you didn't do it by proper diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. And you're on a lot of different um, social media groups for... Bariatric. For, not survivors, that's not the right word, but for support. Yes, yes. bariatric supporting group. And you guys all encourage each other and take pictures and show each other your, your weight loss and, and the things that you're going through. And do you find that helpful? 
it is helpful at times, but then at times you cannot, you can never compare yourself to somebody else. Because every person is Everybody's unique. different, right? And, and like somebody told me the other day, they texted and they said, oh, so-and-so lost 80 pounds in like three months, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I've lost, I'm up to 49 pounds in, in three months. Three months. So... Um, I asked the person, well, first of all, was it the Rouen Y or was it the sleeve that they got? Well, it was the Rouen Y and the girl was way bigger than I. First of all, if you're bigger, a bigger person will lose faster right. than someone that doesn't have all that excess weight to lose. But losing faster isn't necessarily But losing good. faster isn't good. Because you got all the hanging skin. Yeah, you can get hanging skin, loose skin. So to me, if I lose slowly and... Consistently. Consistently is okay. Of course, I want to be like my ideal weight right now. Yes, it'd be nice. But then again, you can be um, deficient of a lot of nutrients too, right? Right. Because as a bariatric client, you have to, a patient, you have to take multivitamins every single day for the rest of your life now. Right, because you can't. Because your absorption isn't the same anymore. So anyhow, so basically the person was comparing me to somebody else. Well, can't do that. Because the person had a different body shape, exactly. a different type of surgery. Exactly. So size. there are some people that you're going to go on a bariatric support group and they've lost so-and-so weight and you're only at, let's say, this much. You've lost 20 pounds, but the other one lost 50. Then you're going to get discouraged and put yourself down. You're doing something wrong. You're not. It's not you're a competition. Not, exactly. It's not a competition. You're going to lose at your own pace. Your own pace, right? So overall... You're almost four months in. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Are you glad you did it? Or would if you could do it over again, would you not have gotten the surgery? The second day after surgery, I said to my friend that was there with me in Toronto, so what did I just do to myself? But then it's always the day of and this, the day after is the worst. And then it starts slowly getting better. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do I regret doing it? No, That's I don't. Good. I don't regret doing it. Is it a lifestyle change when you're eating? Definitely. You can't enjoy food. Let's say, oh my God, I want to eat Chinese food, right? Right. You can't eat Chinese food anymore. So you can't enjoy what you had before. And let me tell you, you're a fantastic cook. (laughs) And the fact that you can enjoy what you're making. I don't know. If I didn't meet you, maybe I wouldn't be cooking so much. Who knows? Maybe I wouldn't. You wouldn't care as much. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Well. Yeah. You do a great job, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and uh, I think I'm going to need the surgery too, maybe. No. If I'm not careful. <laughs> no, just, no. just kidding, just kidding. Oh, Lord. But overall, you're, you're happy you did it. And do you have any specific advice for people who are thinking about getting any type of the surgery? Mm, any advice? you got to be ready to change your, your lifestyle, right? With the food. Ask me a question. If I eat junk food today, yes, I do. You know, I, I always thought before surgery, you could never eat junk food after. I do, but it's very... Smaller portions. Uh, yeah, it's controlled, like small amounts, right? Should I be eating it? No, I should not be eating it. But to me, I'm doing much better than I did before. So you got to really think of this whole thing as a as a lifestyle change mm-hmm. and be prepared mentally. That's the biggest part of it, isn't it's it? It's mental, yeah. Changing your way of thinking. Yeah, about food. Yeah. The whole thing about food and 
it just changes everything. Like, you want to go for an ice cream. Like, the other day, you went for an ice cream cone. I couldn't even get one. Right. Right? I just, like, took two licks, and then that was it. Yeah. You, right? That, we share a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I give you a lot of my leftovers. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's true. So, so it kind of works out. Yeah. Yeah, even with the coffee. You're not supposed to have coffee or any caffeine. No. I'll, I'll make a coffee, and, and you, you'll have a couple sips. Yeah, and I talked. I had my three months appointment, and the the nurse said no more coffee. You gotta stop your coffee. So I went to decaf coffee, and even then, I don't finish a whole coffee. No, I have a few zips, and I'm good. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But the caffeine is actually not good for your stomach and alcohol either. Right, because you're still healing inside. Yes. And, yes. And they uh, say six months is the most critical. Right. You got to be very careful. No caffeine, no alcohol. No caffeine, no alcohol, no sh- no high sugar. Everything has to be under ten grams of sugar. Um, so and it, another thing is too with um, that I've noticed with the Ruan Y, you get a lot of dumping. It's called dumping syndrome. Which is what? Where you get sick. Oh. Well, you're gonna eat something that has too much sugar or too much carbs, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna end up getting sick with the sleeve. I had a dumping experience once only, and it was only because of my pain medication that I had taken. Uh, so honestly, the sleeve for me worked best. Okay. I I don't know. I, I don't have any complications with it. No, you've been doing so okay far. from everything yeah. I've read too. Mm-hmm. So basically, if somebody's going to do it, do a lot of research, figure out which one to get, and make well, sure that you know you're what? mentally prepared. Yeah, do your research. You don't get to pick which one you're going to get. Oh, uh, okay. The surgeon actually does. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people are going to say, okay, I want the Ruan Y. And they're going to be like, no, I'm going to give you the sleeve first. Reason being, let's say you're 500 pounds. They're going to do the sleeve on you. You're going to lose about 100 pounds, 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. Then once you're done losing that, they're going to go in and Ruan Y you. Ah. The second procedure to make you lose even more weight. Okay. Yes. So that's what he had told me too, is that if in five, ten years from now, I end up gaining my weight back, he can actually go in there and do the raw Y on me. If you get the raw Y the first place, you're done. Right. There's no more. Because that's the last step. Yeah. Okay. It's finished. It's good to know. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your story and your experiences with our listeners. You're welcome. Appreciate it. All right, listeners, hope you got a, a lot of valuable information out of that. Thanks for coming by the Soul Forge. Take care. Remember to check out soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links. And remember, you're always one decision away from a totally different life. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated, and we hope you'll tune in again next time. Remember that you can visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links and don't forget to share the show with everyone you know the soul forge podcast is your best source for living your best life think about it this has been a broadcast of the eso network be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our eso patreon or by shopping through amazon.com or the t public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.